0: the oxfordshire news podcast from jack fm digging deeper into the stories that matter to oxfordshire
1: hi i'm joe summerbell from the news team at jack and i think we could do with this sound effect to kick this podcast off because it's finally time to celebrate the retirement of the school of mum and dad Homeschooling is finally coming to an end, and so we're going to pay tribute to some of the hard work Oxfordshire's parents have put in during this challenging time. But it's not just about the mums and dads, of course, that have been doing a stellar job at being teachers. We'll also hear from some actual real life teachers in Oxfordshire about how they've managed lockdown and why they're looking forward to the schools going back. We've also got an education expert, there's a relationship counsellor, and a union head, and of course, some kids themselves. Let's kick things off at Charlton Primary School in Wantage and this bunch telling us what the best thing about lockdown was.
2: You
3: can you don't have to get ready for school you can have snacks on whenever you want you can go outside whenever you want and stuff if you have a pet you can work with your pet so i have a guinea pig and he just sits on my lap whilst i'm working i can work with anyone i like instead of at school we have to work with the people we're next to we don't have to be rushed and we can switch our lessons around if we want to do it at a different time it's been quite and not very nice, so we have to work inside and it's cold.
1: They are some of the year six pupils at Shelton Primary and they've also created a special sea shanty to show how they feel about the school closures.
3: was a time when schools are free A place of they I finished at three The children came from around
4: the town go, my friends, let's go I these children, my heart really does go out to them because they've been told by these adults, by the Prime Minister, by their parents, by us as educators as well that, you know, school is closed and you've got to stay home and children are very good at just saying yes and agreeing with things but they don't have that life experience to, to fall back on and I, just felt like there was a lot of frustrations for them but within homes themselves it's quite a stressful environments and especially with the recent lockdown recent school closures we had a very quick turnaround and to we told the evening before the first day back to school for us at Charlton and um, that the work was coming back and i just felt there were some children who were already asleep in bed ready for their first day of school 2021 and they're going to wake up in the morning with a parent saying we're not going to school today. But also with those parents having to juggle childcare with a quick turnaround or speaking with their employers to um, to manage their lives alongside their working life as well. So this song, The Sea Shanty, um, The Wellerman by uh, Nathan Evans, also it's an absolute earworm. And it was just in my head a lot during um, the beginning of this year. And then about 2 a.m. One, one January morning, I was just, the song was just going in the back of my head, and then I it was going on in my head, I just kind of changed the lyrics to something to do with school related, I thought, oh, children might enjoy it, and I mean, the whole point was a, a technique to keep me awake at 2am, <laughs> and not drop this two-month-old child, and within 15 minutes, I had the whole song there, so I put it down in a note in my phone, and then the next morning... Um, Victoria, who was one of the key worker children, she was in, and I, I, just, I just played the song for the children I thought, it's all over the radio, Let's, let, let them listen to it. And Victoria said, this is the best song I've ever heard in my life! And it's amazing when, like, ten-year-olds say that, because they're lucky <laughs> like in years of their life. And I said, well, Victoria, I've actually wrote my own, we'd like to listen to it. So we listened to it, and then Victoria said, oh, well, we should maybe do something with the choir. And I said, well, who's in the choir? So then we listed some names, we got the message out there, and we had a Fabulous response. And it was at that point I got in touch with Mr. Campbell. I was like, Mr. Campbell, I've come up with this great idea. Children are up for
5: it, but what do I do now?
1: <laughs> brilliant. That leads quite nicely, I suppose, Mr. Campbell, to
5: your involvement in it. <laughs> so I, I got this email in my inbox one morning, which said, did you know about sea shanties and this magic sea shanty and it's everywhere? And it's like, whoa. Um, And uh, follow the link, list the sea shanty, thought that was brilliant. Um, Sam had put, what do we do? Um... I read his lyrics, I thought they were brilliant, I thought they were absolutely inspired, I thought it, it absolutely struck a chord with um, what kids must be feeling, mm-hmm. and as Sam said, this this voice that they hadn't had. Um, so we had a meeting, um, and I said I'd be happy to create a little backing track. I had an absolutely wonderful Wednesday morning, one week, where I, I created this little backing track, which was... Uh, This is where the the edges of of my work blur between work and and extreme fun, Um, so I had a great time doing that. I got something which I hoped met some standards, sent it off, he was very positive, that was great, and from that point it was sent out to the kids. Um, They had to do something which is incredibly difficult for anybody who's who's not recorded a vocal track before. if you record a vocal track in a studio, you know you've got professionals, you've got the best equipment, you've got mics, and you've got you know, dampers on the mic. Just you know, pop, yeah, it's it's you know, it's a great great experience. It's a little intimidating, but when all you've got is a phone or an iPad, and you're ten, you know and you've never done it before, and there's nobody there who's saying like, here's how far you stand away from the mic, and here's how to you know think about it. Um, so the, the quality of what he, Sam sent me after they posted their, their vocal tracks was better than I, I, I would ever have expected from, from young kids. Doing that for the first time, it can be incredibly intimidating. So I then mixed the tracks together with my backing track um, hopefully got it sounding okay and that's that's the final audio that you, you, you heard.
1: And just to explain as well, for people that are listening but can't see, you are fully committed to the sea shanty, aren't you? Because tell, tell people what your background is right now.
5: So I went with the skull and crossbones flying from a flag for this one. It was that or Captain Pugwash, but I didn't think the girls would get Captain Pugwash. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm of that generation, so uh, I went I went with a flag. But uh...
6: <laughs> I think Gordon and Sam are, are right in that, I mean, this is a handful of people that have been involved in this project, but the amount of... <laughs> joy and happiness that's kind of spread
7: through the staff through the children through parents and community it's just been it's been immense it's been
3: fantastic
1: yeah. i love how innovative you guys have been and i just hope that you know all children from all schools in oxfordshire have been as lucky to have teachers that are putting on classes and you know projects like that i, I hope that everyone's had that opportunity because it sounds brilliant to me this nice. is Mr Conway, Mrs Rook and Mr Campbell you heard there chatting to me through teams about the making of their lockdown sea shanty project and the voices you heard in the song well that was Karis, Victoria, Imogen, Jemima, Alice and two Sophies from the choir at Charlton Primary. Let's hear a bit more from them and what they're looking forward to most about things going back to normal
3: not go on a walk every day because that's kind of the only thing that we can do. (laughs) Probably like a sleepover or something because I would have had that for like a birthday party. The first thing I want to do
5: is go on holiday.
3: Probably one of the first things I'd want to do is go ice skating but I think it would be too warm.
5: My big sister, she lives in London and I haven't really seen her since Christmas and once we go back to normal we're hoping that she might be able to come down from London. I really should not be telling you this because she might not all come back if she hears this but we secretly have decorated my big sister's room pink. We don't know whether she's gonna
3: like it or not so we're a little bit worried.
1: Very sneaky. Thank you to all the children and teachers at Charlton Primary. You can check out their full song on our Twitter pages at Jack FM News. Speaking of Twitter, now we did a poll recently to find out what you lot would miss most about having the kids at home over the last few months. Almost a third said it was the long walks and the family time. Over 10% said they'd miss watching the kids grow up. But a massive 50% actually voted for nothing send them back. It's okay, kids. I'm sure they love you, really. I think it just goes to show, though, how much of a tough time it's been for parents having to juggle homeschooling and their busy lives around working from home. Now, you're going to hear from Lisa Marie Malia. She's a working mum from Banbury. She's been homeschooling a seven and a two and a half year old.
8: I work in the creative industry in marketing, so, so my fear was the maths at home. Um, it was never my strongest uh, suit. So you could say that I'm actually learning along with him at the moment.
1: So have you had him ask you questions and you go, I need to Google that?
8: Absolutely, yeah. Google is your friend. Um, I will have to say though, the school has been fantastic at providing resources for, for home learning and um, unfortunately we're not able to uh, take part in a lot of the live lessons because obviously they're happening during key working hours and uh, access to laptops and just, you know, at that age they need they do need you to be sat with them to, to stay concentrating. But um, we've got lots of workbooks and stuff that we can work through too. So yes, mum is doing a maths homework at the weekend alongside Joshua.
1: Mm-hmm. And have you had, um, I'm guessing you might have done some sort of moments of utter chaos where you've, I don't know, struggled and thought, how am I going to get through today?
8: Yeah, absolutely. I would say we probably have something like that at least once a week. Um, funnily enough, uh, we had sort of an episode of that yesterday. So I think, you know, it's really hard at the moment for, for- For us to actually focus on the things that matter and and the positives that come out of this, which is being at home with the family and seeing our children who are still very young growing up um, and having more time with them than we would do normally. So I think when we have those frustrating days, um, sometimes I just have to walk out of the room just to hold my temper um, and, you know, just remember the positives of the situation. Uh, sometimes that means we have to, you know, put the schoolwork aside and leave it for the day. I, I, I don't believe in, you know, I don't want to have all these tears at home in a place where they should be relaxed and having fun. So we're being flexible with the home school uh, learning rather than having a sort of structured routine.
1: And how about arguments? Do you think that Do you think that lockdown and, and homeschooling has caused more arguments? Whether that's um, you to your children, or the the two of them with each other, maybe, or maybe even with your partner.
8: Yeah, it has. Um, We've had sort of arguments with the eldest, you know, trying to explain why um, he's sitting down and doing schoolwork at home and why he's not seeing his friends. That's been quite difficult. Um, Between the two of them, I have to say, they've been absolutely brilliant. It's been a rare occurrence that the two um, have uh, been fighting. So uh, thank thank goodness for Lego is all I could say on that front. Um, But, yes, in terms of the husband, it's been really difficult because, obviously, we both are trying to work full-time, at home with the children and sometimes you have this oh what about me moment um but we don't brood on it, and we don't sort of sit on an argument i think it's that coming together in the evening over dinner or when the kids have gone to bed and and just sort of just saying sorry and talking about your frustrations and then saying well what can we do to help and having a bit of a
1: plan attack of attack that sounds like a good idea and <laughs> i'm guessing obviously you're looking forward to when the children go back but they must be really looking forward to it as well they must miss seeing their classmates but also the teachers uh, and just you know the play side of things I suppose that you get with school
8: absolutely yeah they're they're really missing that I mean the school that um, my boys go to they do something called topics they have a really fun theme for the year whether it's something in history like the fire of London my little boy's been really excited about learning that last term and I think it's the the teacher's ability to take a topic which is educational and find a way that's fun and more interactive, whereas at home, especially during the winter, we're really limited to what we can do to make some of those activities fun for them. And I think, you know, having fun is a really huge part of learning and and, uh, helping children to uh, retain information rather than your, your parents sort of leaning over your shoulder just desperately trying to get the homework done before they've got a Zoom call in the afternoon
1: like we've seen on the telly sometimes have you had one of those moments where you've been on zoom and a child has run in or or something just really nuts has gone on in the background you've had to apologize or explain yourself
8: Absolutely, yes. So Jack, who's two and a half, is midway through potty training. Um, so I won't go into the details, but you can imagine a child running in to tell you rather proudly they've been to to potty. Um, we definitely, both myself and my husband, have had that delight. Um, what's nice, though, I think, from from a client point of view, is we we are having Zoom calls where we're at home and um, we are seeing our clients or our colleagues' children. Uh, <laughs> you know, Zoom bombing, um, and you're getting to know people on that a lot more personal level, I think people have become a lot more relaxed and relationships have actually deepened and there's a lot more understanding and empathy than perhaps there would have been before the lockdown.
1: Lisa Marie Mallier there, one of surely hundreds, thousands maybe of parents who've had one of those embarrassing kids wandering in on Zoom meeting moments. Uh, I also spoke to Jane Fryett about homeschooling. Now she's also a working mum. She's got three kids. They live in Wallingford and her partner actually caught coronavirus early on
2: it has been really challenging and you know I know lots of parents who have just been tearing their hair out and don't get me wrong like I've had some really really challenging moments where you can feel because yourself you're you're not yourself you know you can't see your family I haven't seen my mum my dad for ages it feels like and that that's part of what keeps you strong isn't it you know having that support network around you and just losing that um obviously video calls can't really replace you know seeing people face to face so so, yeah, it has been really challenging just to keep positive and keep um, thinking of stuff to do. You know, <laughs> I mean, the Internet. Thank God we've got that.
1: Have you had days where you've just thought, I have run out of ideas. I'm not sure what to do with them today. And, and you know, it's a case of, right, just stick the telly on kind of day.
2: Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. I mean, I've had a few days where I think thought especially George has had. I don't know, like he's been in front of the telly for like five hours, which is horrendous from a kind of well-being point of view, from from his point of view. But I mean, he's quite happy, but, you know, not what how I want him to spend a day. But the worst ones have been where, um, you know, I've had to do um, work stuff and I've had really very little choice. And I know all parents have done that. And, you know, once in a while we shouldn't feel guilty about it. It's... It, if. If we're happy, then they're happy. And if we've got to do something, it's far better to do that than get all stressed trying to juggle, you know, him doing a jigsaw and me trying to do a work call. You know, it just doesn't work. So, yeah, of course, we've had moments like that. And actually, he's got really into um the David Attenborough, you know, like the Blue Planet and the Frozen Planet. And so he's been watching those. So at least it's not, you know, a 100 episodes of Hey Dougie, which he would also quite happily sit and watch, you know. <laughs> at George's... A teacher um, sent him a card over half term just to say, you know, he did brilliantly last year. I mean, how often does that happen in a normal school year? So they have been just going over and above for them, I think. And they've done lots, they would had a disco, you know, like everyone on their um, laptop, you know, at home. But the kids absolutely loved it. And they've been, they yeah, they've had really nice assemblies where they've just been really supportive messages. And actually, I think having it remote, does allow the school to almost be more flexible about some of those things you know and the content they share and and then having the parents involved I think for the school has actually been really nice
1: real sort of positives by the sounds of it for you and your family over the last year but I'd love to know if there was a time or a moment where you just you know I don't know all hell broke loose at home <coughs> and you just sort of thought to yourself when will this end I want to give up or just
2: yeah i definitely I mean there's been several like proper meltdowns to be honest and I think we all have them don't we um the worst one actually for me was we built this amazing den in um George and Connie share a room they've got quite a big room so there's loads of space to build a really cool den and they'd convinced me that they were all going to sleep in the den overnight and I was like okay fine I'm you know I'm happy to do that I I know it's not going to probably be great but you know let's just let them do it and um basically you know one I don't know one was leaning on the other one's bed or you know what I mean there was something really ridiculous somebody's teddy wasn't in the right area or whatever and there was a huge great big you know fight and Ava took all her stuff out went back into her room and then Stu came off and took all the den down and yeah it was just awful <laughs> um uh yeah so nobody got to sleep in it and uh It was all a bit of a disaster really. One of the worst times for me actually was fairly early on where we went into lockdown a bit early because my daughter got a temperature, I think it was like 17th of March or something, before they actually shut all the schools. So we had to self-isolate. So we were actually in lockdown a, a week early and my other half was away, he was away with work. And when he got back, they'd realised they were all all tested positive for COVID. So it's really early on. So he got self-isolated away from us. So we never saw him for like, it was like probably nearly a month that we didn't see him. And obviously it was all new and we didn't have any structure and everything went mad. Because, I mean, I work in HR, so everyone was trying to furlough everyone and not knowing what was going on. And I just remember then just thinking you know, this is just horrendous and had a, a proper meltdown and then realised actually what I need to put in place is some sort of structure. So we actually wrote like a timetable that we used to not rigidly stick to because you can't, but every time it felt like the kids were going a bit mad, we'd kind of go, what's on the timetable? And it was like a reset button. It just made a huge difference. Um, and then since then, you know, you do get used to it, don't you? And But there have been periods where you know, if my work's been busy or if Stu's been feeling unwell, like he's he's got long COVID now, so he's still not right. He just gets really tired. Um, it's kind of like a lack of energy and he gets really bad headaches, which, um, you know, affect his sort of general happiness and demeanour and energy. And obviously having the young kids in particular, he finds quite challenging because he's not feeling 100%. Um, I mean, you wouldn't really know sort of if you were just chatting to him that there was anything wrong with him. But um, yeah, he's definitely not right. And anyone who's suffering with long Covid, I think, you know, it's um, it's going to take a long while for them to get better fully.
1: Now over to a local dad to find out how the year of disruption has been for his family. Neil Wild runs Wild Property Consultancy in Banbury. He's been working from home with his wife and four children. He told me that even for his youngest child, some of the curriculum caught him off guard.
9: Clearly difficult to juggle the the workload and the the homeschooling, Um, but my wife's very good at kind of identifying the positives and um, quickly highlighted the fact that um, the current circumstances won't last forever, and so it's a great opportunity. We're all all at home. Um, We're fortunate to have uh, a spacious house and a large garden, so let's make the most of all being together. Um, We weren't expecting our daughter to be home from university, so let's embrace embrace that um, family life. Much yeah, as
1: so in terms of actually having to do homeschooling, I'm guessing with the older children, were you able to leave them to their own devices and you had to focus more yeah. on the younger one?
9: Yeah, I think the older children and they're, they're very kind of focused and um, diligent. So, and in the early days, the schools were obviously um, not expecting. This, but they were very quick with um, what they had to do. So the older children were pretty self contained, and a lot of credit to, to Carol, my wife, who's very good with the phonics. I find phonics very difficult. It takes you back to childhood, uh, remembering the way forming words and uh, sounding uh, words, not my strong suit at all. I sort of sat there with my daughter, who in this year, age five, with the teacher asking us to come up with four or five-letter words beginning with certain letters. I'm thinking, oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I haven't got many of those words in my brain. I can't think what those are. Carol, where are you? Please come and help. Um, so, yes, adding and taking away, fine. Um fortunately, sitting uh, with my daughter and uh, reading to her and uh, listening to her read to me, that's, that's a really nice thing to do.
1: Would you say it's kind of given you a new sort of found respect for teachers, I suppose, and the job that they do for your children?
9: Absolutely. I think that's really important. My wife's from a teaching background, so uh, I've always had that. Uh, I need to say that I've always had that um, respect for the teaching profession. But it definitely has uh, emphasised that. And now this year, um, in, in this particular lockdown, we've got a regular nine o'clock uh, appointment with the teacher every day, um, which is a great intro to what we're doing at home, bringing them all together, uh, listening to the teacher, kind of setting out what what the claims kind of are and what and what they're learning. Um, so that's a really helpful time. And yeah, it's clear there's a lot a lot they need to do, particularly when they've got. 15 or so on on a team's call and then another five or ten in the classroom is uh yeah no doubt quite a challenge for teachers
1: yeah of course and for you from the 8th of march when the schools are going back what kind of changes for your family does everyone go back at the same time is it sort of business as normal or not quite
9: uh, not quite business as normal. There's a, a bit of a staggered start for my children. They've got to go through the kind of year groups and getting their uh, COVID tests done at school. But there will be back to dropping um, my son off at school. Uh, my daughter gets a bus. Um, um, I perhaps won't have the same arrangement over uh, a desk desk arrangement I got with my youngest. It's quite. Because I've moved on from the desk in the bedroom to to a larger desk um, outside uh, my daughter's bedroom in a sort of large area of hall, landing, it's her desk. And so I've come up with this arrangement with Rose that um, I um, have to pay her rent for her desk. um, No. And so... How much is she charging you? Well, I, I come up with a different scheme, really. So it started with some treats and some sweets, which wasn't perhaps the best thing to introduce on a regular basis so I've now introduced here's your rent for the week which might be a coloring book or other magazine different um, different arrangements uh, an extra nice biscuit um, those types of things um, but she's very keen to come up to me and, and, and demand her rent um, from me so well
1: she's learning the ways of business
9: nice and young so <laughs> it's smart that's right <laughs> Sometimes I have to complain because the space around it might get messy with all her bits and pieces. So I have to kind of ask her to come and tidy up if I am paying a rent. It needs to be looked after, of course. That's fair enough. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so as some of our parents alluded to there, a tricky aspect of lockdown for some has been the impact it's had on their relationships with their partners. Leisha from the news team wanted to speak to an expert on that front. So this is her chat with family counsellor Sally Pettigrew from Relate in Oxfordshire, where they also spoke about the stresses and worries that kids might have experienced whilst the schools have been shut.
3: Okay, so my first question was that we'd seen a study that had revealed that 53% of parents had said that homeschooling had put quite a big strain on their relationship. And I just wanted to ask whether this is something that you had seen in, in Oxfordshire.
7: I suppose the pandemic has highlighted uh, or could possibly highlight issues that might have already been there. So I think that while relationships have certainly been impacted by the pandemic, I would almost suggest that perhaps those issues were there before the pandemic and the pandemic has merely brought those to the surface. I think that homeschooling is an added pressure on parents, which could lead to conflict, and particularly all being under the same roof.
3: With obviously parents worrying and stressed a lot about homeschooling, what kind of impact do you think this could have on children?
7: I think the problem is we don't know, because we've never been in this situation before. I think the fact that the children have not had the social contact that they would normally have and not been going to after-school clubs. And who knows? We don't know. We've got absolutely no idea. And I think that that's the big worrying thing in that we shall have to wait and see.
3: What would you say are the biggest issues that parents have faced with, with homeschooling and lockdown?
7: I think it differs on whether you've had the space to homeschool, whether parents are working themselves, uh, whether the children have managed the workload themselves. I think some children who are academically challenged haven't had the support. So I think there's a worry that those children who are struggling at school are even further behind. The impact is going to be different for so many different families for so many different reasons.
3: And then we've spoken to a couple of teachers for the podcast and I just wanted to ask your opinion on how much of a priority you think well-being should be for children when the schools do reopen.
7: I think that it's absolutely paramount that teachers and schools look at the mental health of children. I think children who haven't usually struggled, have been in very unusual circumstances and of course we've got no idea of individual family circumstances as well. Um, so if you've been locked down with a very supportive, loving family, then it's going to be very different um, for those children than if you are locked up with um, a family that is full of conflict and perhaps not so supportive. Um, and i'd say that the mental health of all children is going to be impacted in some way simply because they've all been away from their friends even before christmas children weren't allowed to be in groups so if you sort of think about the length of time that they've been out of um social contact it's been almost sort of 6 months plus which is you know unheard of particularly for different age ranges as well if you look at sort of teens and how important those those social contacts and those friendships um how important they are for
1: that age group so according to one report parents have spent 13 hours a week homeschooling their children since the restrictions began another local expert on all this is kate king she runs skylark educational consulting in tame She spoke to me about how important it is that children can get back into the classroom, partly because of just how skilled teaching assistants are.
0: I get a lot of inquiries from people who are worried about their child's engagement with learning because they don't understand why their child is having difficulty. And in a lot of cases, there's an anxiety Um, There's a lot of anxiety about it at the moment anyway, has been for the last year and when children are anxious then because of the way the brain works, the prefrontal cortex is disconnected and they find it very difficult to think. So they need lots of help with scaffolding. And um, by scaffolding, I mean breaking a task down into little pieces, um, into into small steps that are seen to be achievable by the child so that they can take breaks when they need to because when they're anxious, their attention span goes down. It's not not necessarily saying they've, they've got concerns regarding attentional deficit um in any way it's just that's the sort of thing that anxiety can can present itself as so it's it's help it's help understanding what there is to be worried about and what there isn't to be worried about
1: yeah and how difficult is it as well because you're trying to support children that are anxious um at the same time as their parents are potentially feeling it as well
0: yeah so so the reassuring the parents is, is a big part of, um, of what I do and helping them understand what they need to be worried about or what they need help with and what's just okay and what's normal. So there's, there's a large element of parental reassurance um, and which comes with helping them to understand what's going on. The children who are engaging with with the online learning and um, that's fantastic but for the children who find it really hard or find an element of learning difficult, not being in the classroom with possibly the teaching assistant just floating around and giving a re- some reassurance and a hint and tip here and there, they don't have that and that's the thing that's missing and teaching assistants, you know, they, they're, they're incredibly skilled, know what to do and how to help and Parents don't have those skills, they have completely different skills and it's very, very hard for a parent to know how to help the child and then often what's happening is the child's disengaging. For some children who've got sensory difficulties or um, social anxiety or communication difficulties, working at home has been um, much easier for them because they're in a safe environment, they haven't got the sensory overload of a busy classroom, um, that sort of thing. So for some children it's been really good but I think the children the children, need each other and teaching in person is so much easier because you can pick up all those clues of when somebody's feeling uncomfortable, you know, all of those physical clues that we, we pick up when we're in person.
1: Of course. And I've spoken to a few sort of local mums who've said to me one of the things that they have to balance is teaching and fulfilling the curriculum with also some playtime and time to relax, watch a bit of telly potentially, do a bit of, you know, outdoor activity. Do you think it is tough for parents to kind of work out where that balance actually is?
0: absolutely yes I, I think that is that's been a huge um layer of responsibility um for the parents and when i've spoken to parents i've reassured them that you know keep up with the literacy and the and the numeracy and beyond that be led by your child it's there's an awful lot that can be learnt by a child doing an investigation into something that takes their interest and um playing outside, they, they need the, that physical exercise and exploration. Play is hugely important to the development of children in lots of different ways, in building resilience, in problem solving, as well as social interaction.
1: Now, we'll go back to look at all this from a teacher point of view. And we've got Michelle Codrington-Rogers, who's a teacher at Sherwell School in Oxford. She's actually also the president of a teaching union called the NASUWT. Now, Emma from News caught up with her about the changes to exam grading and whether the school closures might have led to children falling behind a little on their education teachers are going to be able
6: to decide their people's GCSE and A-level results in England. How do you feel about that?
10: I'm so glad to hear the Secretary of State you know, saying that he trusts teachers. Um, the profession has been waiting to hear that and to see the action for generations now. But at the end of the day, we can't have teachers being blamed if, if there's problems with this uh, alternative um kind of system of awarding grades and so we have to be really careful here Um, we as as the union that represents and looks after teachers will be doing whatever we can to protect our members because we can't have teachers being blamed for a system that wasn't being developed since last year it was open to consultation, um, it feels like a few months ago, um, and now there's been an announcement about how it's going to be implemented. The, the absolute responsibility has to be laid at the feet of the government. Um, and so, as long as teachers are trusted to, because they know their students, but aren't made to hold the blame for if the system doesn't work.
6: How bad is the situation in Oxfordshire in terms of pupils being behind
10: One of the things I'm really proud of, and I've seen it in my school and I've seen it in other schools across the county, is just because students haven't been physically in school, they have still been learning. And our colleagues have been absolute superstars, whether they've been in school delivering um, face-to-face to to our key worker children and vulnerable uh, students, or whether they've been online. Our colleagues have been absolutely phenomenal in responding to online learning. And we won't know how much our children have so called lost learning. It will be up to the schools and the teachers and the school communities to understand. But it's quite, we have to also remember that there are also students who have um, thrived in this situation as well. And so, this kind of narrative that all children are losing, all children are behind, we have to remember that it's up. There are a lot of teachers and school staff out there who who have worked their absolute socks off to minimalise disruption for our students and our, our children. Um, but we've also not just got to focus on the academics, but to think about the mental health and well-being of our students and young people and
6: our school staff as well. Um, and that needs investment and time. Earlier this week, actually, the British Psychological Society I think came out and warned about kids being put under more pressure by being told Mm -hmm. that they need to catch up on learning and then to do with that the government said to be considering like extending school days and having shorter summer holidays to be able to help them catch up. Do you think that that would potentially put more stress on them?
10: Well I did a survey of one um this morning um in relation to whether or not they would be happy to um have longer days at school um give up their summer holidays um and that kind of additional expectation and the response i got is "But we've been learning um why am i needing to do more and this is the danger of a narrative where all children are being lumped into this into this now into this kind of context which ain't all children are uh, missing learning all children are, are struggling um, actually I think it's that's why it's dependent on the schools to to be able to invest where they need to to kind of make sure that their children and young people are at the place where they need to be and there have been children who have really struggled during this time um, who really are kind of uh, missing the the support and the contact that they have from not just their friends but from the school community that um, routine that uh, they've really missed that and i think that's where schools and parents and carers know what's best for their for their children and young people
1: michelle codrington rogers there from Cherwell school and now finally over to a snippet of emma's chat with flora cooper who's the head teacher at crow Marsh gifford primary in wallingford where the big focus she says will be making sure children are happy when they go back
11: I think most of the children will be super excited to be back at school, be back with their friends, be back with their teachers. Um, I know some children obviously will have some anxiety around coming back to school because they've been at home with their parents. A lot of it will be just sort of assessing where children are in terms of their emotional well-being making sure that children are settled, making sure that children are happy. Obviously, different children will have had different experiences during lockdown, um, and we need to be very mindful of that. So it's really about making sure that, you know, school is fun again for them, and they're excited to be there. I think well-being for everybody is crucial at this time because as we know you know staff have their anxieties about being at school and it's just about making sure we're managing all of this and and keeping everybody focused um, and making sure that everyone feels as safe as possible but feels as though they are excited to be back you know we're all going to pull together and and make it through anything.
6: What do you think the situation will be like at your school with regards to the attainment gap?
11: Speaking with lots of teachers in school, I think a lot of them have actually found that online learning has focused them in a different way with their children. Um, I think that once they come back, I believe that the children actually won't have the gaps that we assume that they might have. I think they actually have been making quite good progress during the online learning. So hopefully we'll get them back, assess where they are, and, and it's back to business as normal. Um, and I. I, You know, I think a lot of children have absolutely flourished during this time at home um, with the one-to-one time that they've had with their parents, which we'll never get again.
6: And children do seem to be, generally speaking, quite resilient, don't they?
11: Oh, children are so resilient and I think we forget that and how quickly they're able to bounce back and how quickly they are able to adapt to any challenge that's thrown at them. I think I think as adults we need to learn so much from them and, and think about how children deal with challenge that comes their way.
1: A nice way to end our podcast, thanks to Flora and all the other parents, teachers, children and others who took part in this Remember, as well as the schools going back this week, colleges and unis are opening back up as well. And we can even go for a socially distanced picnic in a park with someone we don't live with now. So grab some cheese and crackers, maybe a bottle of something chilled, and celebrate that you've survived homeschooling. Teachers, parents, kids, you're all heroes.